This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Let's get it. Hour two here, our first day of the week here on Tuesday. We're with you two to four central time uh, all over the place. YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Having some issues with Facebook, hopefully back up there soon. Uh, for people in the Allo Radius, channel 951, uh, radio dial 93.7, of course, but online, theticketfm.com, or you have a free app. More coming on the way with that as well. So you'll want to download that now and definitely stay tuned uh, for what's coming with that. I'm Austin Norman. He's Eric Strickland. This is On the Block, brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Uh, Strick, let's just jump right in. You noticed the Vegas Golden Knights doing their thing. I am a very you know backseat kind of hockey observer. I know what's going on. But even I have to pay attention to what the the Golden Knights are doing. Two Stanley Cups in their first six years. What are you seeing from that franchise that's made them so successful so early? Well, well, let's look at it this way. They've had some some draft rule changes that are probably uniquely different than what others have had. Um, There's a lot of protections that come with Others that I remembered in the in the NBA side of things, uh, on the football side of it, I'm not uh, fully acutely aware as to how they do it, but it's 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 not very complicated. But in this one, there the way that this happens is they allow you to touch anybody on any other's roster, and this is what's making it a lot easier for them to be able to make these um, these runs at such an early time. So in essence, um, you can select like for when the Kraken came in, for example, and the rules were, were, were similar for the, uh, the Knights. You can select one player from each existing team except. So the Kraken, when they first came, they weren't able to touch any, anybody from the Golden Knights. So they had an advantage in that situation. So what they were able to take from, draw from, they didn't have they didn't have to worry about somebody else coming and picking off some of their their top talent. So you you have fourteen forwards, nine defensemen, and 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 three goaltenders. So the clubs have the option of protecting seven forwards, three defensemen, a goaltender, eight scare, skaters, a forward, and defenseman, and a goaltender. Uh, so those are the options that they have. So. They just they were the beneficiary of being able to touch and tap in to a large swath of talent. And if they did a good job of scouting that, it worked out to their benefit. Now, one of the other things about this 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 team that you that you find out about them is that there were a hodgepodge of individuals that had chips on their shoulders because they were in essence getting a second chance where they were written off wherever they were. They've had bad experiences. Their, their play was diminishing, whatever the case was there, they had that going on for them. So 
the 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 Vegas Knights in their first season they were referred to as the Golden Misfits. Uh, <laughs> said said Mac uh, McPhee, who was one of the guys that 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 was there on the team. That um, he said everyone McPhee says everyone here has been rejected in one way or another. And McPhee was with uh, what? What did he say? He said. Uh, uh, McPhee, McPhee was in the front office. The head coach at that time was Gerald Gallant, and uh, he had been fired by the Florida Florida Panthers in November of 2026, and McPhee also was fired by the Capitals in 2014. So McPhee basically says it was a hodgepodge. It was just a collective group of misfits that came together, and it sounded like when I read through the article, and a lot of them just had sit-downs, and they collectively came together and said, this is a second opportunity. This is a second chance to be able to bring back credibility to your name and to, to yourself individually as well as collectively. So every player, they felt like they were sent into a strange island of banishment into the middle of the <laughs> desert. And they started to look at it from a, a positive standpoint. And what happens a lot of times in expansions you don't want to be a part of it because it's like they don't really like you. They don't care about you. You're kind of you, you kind of you know tossed out. You're thrown around, and a lot of people go into expansion situations with a mentality of, "Dang man, bumped him." You know, you come with a negative connotation, whereas they seem to come and look at it from a positive standpoint, which led them to ultimately get to the to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. Mm-hmm. And it turned freaking Vegas into a hockey town. It's like everybody is in love with this team. And so it's the third team in history to reach the conference finals four times in their first six year, years, which is a phenomenal feat in itself. Then you look at the Kraken. The Kraken are also having great success. Um, you look up at the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they've been able to accomplish as an expansion team. So for some reason, Austin, it seems as if hockey – uh, seems to do a little bit better. And this Vegas Knights team does better than any. If you go and look at the the, the the metrics on any expansion teams, they seem to be the one that fared out better than anybody. If you look at, if you look at the numbers, which is incredible because you don't think of hockey in a desert. You don't, right. but that to me strikes speaks to the strength of that front office, their their talent identification, getting the right coach in place right away. And I know they've you know cycled through a few of them at this point. I mean, heck, they're already on their third coach. It's their guy's first year this year. But to to win your division four times in your first six years, that's incredible. I mean, winning you know, a division, any division, four times in six years, regardless of how young or old your franchise is, is incredible. But four times in your first six years as a franchise – my goodness, like like you said, I mean, regardless of the sport, how does that not grade out as the best? Yeah, it's crazy. It, 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 when you look at it, Vegas versus the MLB expansion teams, they have a score differential of plus seven and a Z score of 1.3. Their win percentage is 72.6 with a Z score of, Z score of 1.7. The, on, the next team to them is the Los Angeles uh, Angels at a uh, negative 0.3 value and a negative 0.3 Z score. And their win percentage is 43.5. Then the Royals after that, your Royals, the Houston Colts. Uh, <laughs> that's a great name, by the way. <laughs> the Houston Colt 45s. Mm-hmm. And then the Seattle Pilots. 
And then you have the Colorado Rockies. And uh, when you look at the expansion of, of basketball teams, the next team to them, their first, is the Chicago Bulls at a negative 3.7 value, 0.7 Z score, and a 40.7% win percentage. No one else comes even in the range or close. Portland Trailblazers, Milwaukee Bucks, Seattle Supersonics, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves all find themselves down there at the bottom. You don't even see Memphis in the in the listing. <laughs> and, and, and the same goes for uh, football. The Carolina Panthers are second, uh, but it's not even close. So we're going to see if they, they can continue on. But at this point, it looks as if this Golden Knights organization has done a tremendous job in scouting. They still have five of the originals still there mm-hmm. on that on that um, on their roster right now, and those originals are um, let's see, who is it? Um, I got it right here. Shea Theodore. They got him from a trade from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for draft considerations. They have Riley Smith. Riley Smith uh, came from a trade from the Florida Panthers in exchange for a, a fourth round in 2018. The Panthers, who they're they playing had, in the Stanley Cup Finals, by the way. Right, by the way. And Jonathan Marshall, uh, I'm sorry. And he is he came over in the expansion draft also from guess who? The Florida Panthers. And you also have uh, Braden McNabb. He was in the expansion draft. He came from the Los Angeles Kings. And they're not making crazy, crazy dollars or killing their salary cap. And so also William Cut, last one, who came from the Sabres. So those are the five originals that are still with the team, but they've done a good job because they've continued to maintain success, regardless of, of what they've done. Their organization is continuing to do very well. And like you mentioned across hockey, I mean, the, the Golden Knights are the, the shining standard with what they've done. You mentioned Tampa Bay winning those back-to-back cups not too long ago and having a pretty good history. Even the Kraken coming in as a recent team and having success. Regardless of which of the other three you know major American sports you're going to pick, you don't see that. You brought up the Royals, who at least you know made the playoffs for a while there. Uh, kind of struggled to get their feet for a few years, but by year three... They were over 500, dipped a couple games below uh, year four and year six, but they made a World Series within 12 years of being a franchise. They won one within you know, 15, 16 years of being a franchise. The Marlins, the team that you know you played in the minor league system yeah. for, uh, you know, founded in what, 90, early 90s? 96. Yeah, 96, and they're winning a World Series in, in 2003. You look yeah. at, you know, the NFL, where the way that expanded – um, the Panthers have made a Super Bowl, but I, I don't know if I'd call their front office structure the greatest the whole time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Heck, Baltimore, when they you know picked up the pieces of Cleveland, won a Super Bowl in 2000. That's a team I think of with a solid front office. Then we get to the NBA and the way the NBA has expanded. I mean, that 16-year stretch from 88 to 04 with all those teams being added, Vancouver fell apart. That's why they moved them, you know, to Memphis. Toronto finally got over that hump a few years yeah. ago, but the Bobcats didn't do anything. In fact, were absolutely historically bad. The Pelicans are exciting, you know, with the move when they got the team, but haven't really done anything of substance. So more than anything... It's talent and it's organization, you know, and I think yeah. it, those are the two things it comes down to. Yeah, it's it's not the talent pool. I think is there, right? I I I, I think there's 
when you look across the landscape as far as definitely basketball, you look at you look at it's a big money business. This is why they haven't been able to do what they what what you think Dame Lillard would have loved for them to be able to do up in Portland. It's 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 we live in a we unfortunately live in a time where where you want to go, there's so many other factors that are added in, whether it be the market, your ability to sell your brand. You want to get into movies and all kinds of stuff like that. You want to be in commercials. Those, those there's some there's some dictators to that. But then you have great spaces to where you can go, but yet they still don't go. Your money goes way longer in Portland. But some people just don't want to live in the dreariness of it. They don't the travels there is 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 pretty tough to get in and out as far as when you hit a road trip, you're hitting a road trip in Portland. Let's let's just be real about it. Same mm-hmm. thing for some of the other organizations. Why had the Clippers been so uh, bottom of the barrel for so long? They were like sec- they were second fiddle and, the, and, and the, the wicked stepsister of L.A. for such a long time, right? They had to move down to Anaheim just to even get a sniff of getting any kind of credibility before they came back up. Um, and then you have just small market teams that just they find it just hard. They're great places to live, but they just find it hard to draw. Uh, you you have your Anthony Davis types that just want to leave. They want to bounce and they want to go to greener, what they feel to be greener pastures. Um, you had a unique situation with LeBron that just went out for greener pastures and he finds himself coming back and doing what he sh- he, he thought he should have did and coming back to Cleveland, but he really didn't want to be there. He just felt like he did what he needed to do. And then he shot out to LA mm-hmm. where he's now making movies and doing this stuff. That's <laughs> really what he wanted to do, right? So I just don't know. I think Vegas is 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 very interesting for another expansion. Um, they've obviously got football. I think basketball will probably be on the way. I think they want to secure what this this TV next TV deal is going to be before they they decide to make that that uh, expansion next. People are calling for it in Seattle. I don't know. I just don't. I I, I just think it's it's kind of far up in that north that northwestern sector, man. That it's. Travel is is real, real difficult, man, when you get up in there. I want to ask you sport by sport a couple questions, Trick, and we'll start with the NBA. Is there enough talent in the NBA and the G League internationally to add, you know, a couple more 13, 15 player rosters? Is there the money for it that the owners are going to see the value in adding another team? And is there a market where the NBA is thinking of expanding for the NBA? Um... I think if you look into international and you can expand that way, I really think that their eyes were turned internationally. Like they really? would have loved to get into uh, that Euro league flow that goes on between like Spain and Italy and, and those type of rivalries and some of those uh, Baltic countries as well. Germany's big, mm-hmm. but it's just too far. It's too it's 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 too hard to manage when you're just talking about multiple teams. Just think about a West Coast trip. Like you would have to go out east, you'd have to go up and down the coast. And if you're at like the LA Lakers or the Clippers, right? You'd have to go up and down the coast and then you would have to shoot over to Europe, run your cycle out there. You would be gone almost two, three weeks. It'd probably be the longest road trip of your life. And and you know, I don't know if they really want that. In the NFL, is there enough money? Is there enough demand? And is there enough talent to add another team or two? I think I think the NFL has the best 
probably opportunity hmm. to do it. I think because of the fact that um, they they probably want to create great parity out there. I don't know if the quarterbacks are elite level to to make it like that. I think it would kind of spread out the pool a little bit. Uh, but I think they have financially the best means by which to do it. Would do you think with the NFL? Before I ask you about baseball, do you think that you would see some of that same mindset that the NHL had? Oh, discarded, thrown away, uh, not wanted. Do you think you would see that you know mentality provide a spark for any expansion team, or with the talent differential, you know, between a a mid tier to the elite quarterbacks we know in the NFL, be too much? <sighs> Well, I, the way to assess that, Austin, is you would have to go and look at the USFL and you would have to go and look at the XFL and then ask that question, whether or not. Now, on the Sauter Hammond text line, 402-464-5685, if you've been able to really do a full breakdown and assessment on what those leagues have been able to provide entertainment-wise, do you feel talent-wise they've been able to handle themselves Obviously, they're not going to be able to compete with TV uh, revenue as well as um, ratings. But if you're able to look at them and, and do a true assessment and see if the talent pool is is good enough, could there be some teams? Because I do know that there's some XFL players that were able to sign with a, with some NFL teams and and, and get on for uh, these these workouts that are um, up up and coming. So. That's that's the that's the part that you would really have to do a, a real deep dive and see. And then finally for baseball, is there the talent available to add another team or two? Is there a market for more MLB and is there enough money to make it plausible? Well, I think so. I, I think I think talent wise, when you look internationally for baseball, it, it's there. Just just look at the world baseball um, games that were played. Mm-hmm. There's 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 plenty of talent uh, when you're looking at Japan and you're looking at. Uh, Koreas and you're looking at um, whether they want to come over here and play is going to be the next the next thing you'd have to get through but then you look at all of the um, the Caribbean countries plenty of talent but then you'd have to decide on whether or not um, you're getting enough TV revenues to be able to to do it I just don't know if baseball is at that point is it fair to say that relocation is probably more on the table than expansion for MLB yeah, I would probably say relocation is definitely probably a little bit easier to do than than probably expansion. Um, I think football, I really do think football could if they really wanted to, but do you really want to? You're already playing enough games, uh, <laughs> um, you know, 18 games in a season, right? Right mm-hmm. now? Uh, 17 still. Is it 17? 17, 17 still, still. So yeah. 17 games in a, in a season. So shoot, that, I mean, that's a lot. So you would have to probably try to expand that a little bit. Do you really want to get into that? Uh, the owners do, the players out. don't. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Right. That's, a, that's the part that you got to really get through. So. That it is. Uh, let's step aside here. Uh, we'll call up Steve Sipple. Got some Husker-themed questions to ask him. Maybe we'll bounce around a little bit, but what are the Huskers doing this summer? Is school officially out there on the road? Uh, what do summer workouts look like? With a new coaching staff, what goes on for them over the summer? We'll talk that and more with Steve Sipple uh, of Early Break with Sip and Jake and on three after this.